Welcome to the Live Well Podcast. I'm your host, Liv, a naturopathic doctor, mentor, energy healer, Akashic reader, intuitive, energetic business mentor, and honestly, so much more. I help you heal on a physical and emotional level so that you can feel delicious in your health, body, relationships, career, and bank account. This show is for those of you who are looking to go beyond the basic wellness stuff, cut out the BS, and really create a life you love. We talk about health, trauma healing, energetics, feminine energy, wealth, and magnetism so that you can live a life that feels delicious. In these episodes, we will have an honest conversation without the fluffy bullshit. You walk away with all of the insights, tools, and tips to truly live your best life, mind, body, and soul. If you are looking to live well, you are in the right place. For ways to work with me, visit keepupwithlive.com and follow me on Instagram at keepupwithlive for more. And with that, let's get into the show. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Live Well podcast. I am very excited because I have been looking forward to this interview probably all week. This was an experience that I had that changed the game for me uh, when it comes to like understanding myself, what's best for me in my life, kind of without going too much into it because we will dive into it in this episode. I've brought on Kelly Rowland. She is fabulous. I'm going to let her introduce herself because you're going to be able to articulate your magic probably better than I can. So Kelly, welcome. Thank you, Liv. I am so excited to be here. Um, I loved working with you in our previous session, and I'm excited to pick back up the conversation and journey deeper and further. So my name is Kelly. I am an intuitive guide. I work predominantly with the systems of astrology, human design, mind astrology, and I like to weave it into grounded reality through also working with our somatics, our embodiment practices, how to embody our designs, how to embody our unique soul blueprints. That's the name of my game and um, my biggest passions in life and huge part of my own journey. So I'm excited to come on and connect today and talk about all the fun things. Yeah, I feel like you're going to learn, well, everyone's going to learn so much. I'm going to get so much out of this episode too. So this is someone like you're going to want to say this episode and come back to it and make notes because if you can't make notes now, if you're driving or walking, you're going to want to write down what Kelly says and then like, Trust me and look it up because <laughs> there's going to be a lot of like specific information, which I love. So I want to dive in selfishly into one of my favorite things that I really know you talk about. I know you're going to blow my mind with other stuff later on this episode, but that's astrocartography. So mm-hmm. for everyone who doesn't know what astrocartography is, can you give like a brief synopsis about what it is and what it does? Absolutely. So astrocartography is you can call it locational astrology, right? We all have a natal chart, which is our astrological blueprint. It's revealing these core psychological dispositions we carry based on the exact configuration of the stars and what those constellations each mean in regards to our chart on the moment, the location, the specific time we're born, which is very linked to our spiritual karma, our soulful dharma in this world, what we, who we really are at a true level before the world taught us to be something else. So when you have astrocartography, you're saying, all right, just like I have my own unique natal chart of my psychological composition, my strengths, weaknesses, my passions, my purpose, I have a locational astrology chart, meaning that every single place on this planet has a unique kind of energetic for me. And that's going to be different for everybody. And this is based off of taking your natal chart and the positioning of your natal chart, the longitude, latitude lines, the constellation angles, all of that fun, um, nerdy astrology speak. And it says, okay, that's happening exactly where you were born. 
at this time. Now, what was happening in the moment you were born in France or in Berlin or in Ubud, Bali or in Tokyo, Japan? What energetic line was running exactly through that place on the moment, the time, the specific moment you were born? And what that reveals to us is the unique relationship we have with different places on the earth. So a really simple way of looking at it is like, you know, some people, right, can go to uh, what's a really popular destination, like, let's just say Bali. And one person could have the most mind-blowing experience and they have so many incredible synchronicities. And some person could go and have the worst time of their life and feel like they were just like oppressed and challenged. So astrocartography is a way of saying, I have my own unique relationship to places on this planet. And Liv will have her own, John will have his own, everyone has their own. And we can learn a lot through the places we travel to, the places we live. Some places are better for us, some places are not so good for us. Some places are better for love, for romance, because they have corresponding astrological lines going through them that, um, you know, kind of enhance that energetic for you personally. So it's locational astrology. What is your relationship to the world through the lens of astrology? And I think it's something that everybody should know. It's kind of like human design. Like it's a piece of information and location is so big for us that like where you are can dictate so much. So you can imagine if you're like feeling, you said like in one place really heavy and it doesn't make sense, boom, have astrocartography and you're probably getting explaining why you feel good in those places or why you don't. Or if you want to optimize a certain energy, and I know we're going to dive into certain energies and lines, but I just think it's such a tool to having your tool belt. Like, everyone needs to have their astrocartography done. So. I think it's really essential. And it, um, <clears throat> you know, it's, it's important because we don't choose where we're born or maybe our soul chooses, which is something I love to look at in people's charts. It's where was your place of birth? I think that can reveal so much about the original imprint you get from your environment. We can't necessarily choose right where we're born, but we can, as we grow and evolve, choose places that are going to better, ser- better serve us. Um, and also get valuable hindsight. That was actually what got me into apprenticing with and then eventually teaching and doing readings for astrocartography was hindsight. I was like, wow, I stayed in that place so long. I didn't realize I was making it so much harder for myself. And maybe my soul needed that karmically. But if I can help people understand that earlier on, I think it's a good thing. <laughs> so I remember when I first got my chart done with you, I was living in Florida. And from what I believe, it was like on the east coast like that miami line and it's in in my uranus mm-hmm. that is not a good place <laughs> so okay let's start off with someone because uranus line and then while you can like google your astrotography chart and like where your uranus line i will say i got gave myself a headache three or four times trying to understand it so mm-hmm. i really we're gonna leave kelly stuff down uh in the description at the end but what is your like uranus line and why was that like so ugh for me well, there's so many elements to astrocartography that kind of layer, which is why, as you say, it's helpful to go in with at least a, a, a depth of understanding of astrology first. And, you know, I didn't start reading astrocartography charts until I was reading astrology charts for like four years, because when you have a grounded understanding of the planets, the placements, the aspects, it totally changes the way you see a chart, right? So you have a Uranus line going right down the, the east coast of Florida, but not only is it a Uranus line, it's a Uranus line that's aspecting, so it's in a close um, angle with your IC, which is your Ilium Coeli. So there are all these astro-speak terms. MC, 
Medium Coeli is kind of your vocation that you're developing in this lifetime. What are you moving towards? What are you establishing as your role in the public? What is your highest form of service? What are you here to be known for in a way, whether it's big or small? That's MC. I see is the opposite side of the spectrum. <laughs> so it's like past life stuff, old unfinished business. So when I saw that you had IC and Uranus, Uranus brings the energy of, um, you know, it can bring when it's a positive aspect, revelation, recreating of self, establishing new views in the world, taking risky, but like beneficial, um, you know, challenges on like, reinventing yourself reinventing your career but when I saw that for you it was kind of like connected to more unfinished business past life energy trauma I was like it's kind of tricky when you have a Uranus the great awakener stirring up old stuff stirring up old karma stirring up things you don't really need to go back to especially someone like you who I can tell you know I know is very focused on how are you um, giving more to the world? How are you stepping further into your service and to serving your people and your community and spreading that message far and wide? I see is like taking steps backwards. <laughs> mm, okay. So there's not really an advantage to sitting in it and going through it. It's like, that was the past. You shouldn't really like sit in that. Yeah. Because of the aspect, it's maybe seen as more of a negative aspect. I mean, positive and negative are always interesting terms to use. You can definitely benefit from a place like that. Right. And I'm sure in hindsight, there was some kind of karmic thing you had to clear. Maybe there was a reason you were there or you needed to go one more go around on a certain kind of pattern that wasn't right for you to really clear it and cut it off. But I think for stabilizing, Uranus lines are not always the best. If you're looking for something stable, if you want to be stable in your finances and your growth and your career, your friendships, Uranus is good for a, a jolt of energy and for refreshing things and shaking things up. But it's not necessarily a place that can feel like home or like very supportive and Especially I remember the IC line that's close to it that's gonna help yeah it's it, maybe it's a good place to get some quantum karmic healing to like <laughs> through some challenge and tension so given that you say it's not the place for stable like what's the line that we should be living on like if ideally you know taking up like our primary home residence whereabouts like what kind of line does do we want to be on there Okay. Two things here. One, I have an absolute favorite moon line and I have got to test this through myself. Um, favorite. I said it already. I have a favorite line and I've tested it myself through my places I've lived in hindsight and also future projecting and also with like dozens upon dozens of clients and looking at their lines. The moon line. Moon lines are so good for building home and having stability because the moon is linked to cancer. Cancer rules over the fourth house of home, family, nurture, safety, that place that you can just tuck in and it's all yours and you feel safe and you feel held. Um, moon lines also, when you're living on a moon line and you build a home on a moon line or establish community on a moon line, there's a greater likelihood of feeling a sense of belonging emotionally because right? our moon sign in astrology shows us what is it that we deeply long for and need on a on a personal level from people what is it that makes us feel loved so when we're living on a moon line and i've experienced this on a few moon lines there's often a much easier um easier time forming deep meaningful connections which i think is what most people want in a place that they're going to call home right they want to feel like yes my home is stable but i have people i love and it's genuine and real and loyal and deep um so moon lines are fantastic for building a home. Then again, 
in your astrology chart if you have like a moon line but it's aspecting your IC or it's in a square to Jupiter or something like that. You may not want that line. We're looking for the positive moon line. So if there is a trying to not get too nerdy with the details, but let's say it's moon sextiling your ascendant or moon sextiling your midheaven or moon in a positive connection, which you can see on the chart, it's beneficial. It's helpful. It's good. It's stabilizing. Um, it's a place you can really dig in and grow and feel fulfilled. Okay. Can you remind me, where's my moon line? You have a moon line. You have one up in the east coast of Canada, more like Nova Scotia area. You have, and here's the thing, you can have multiple lines. So you don't just I have- remember, oh, sorry. Yeah, I think one of my moon lines was like someplace I would never live in like Asia or middle. I'm like, I'm not moving to Saudi Arabia or whatever. <laughs> I know. And that's always the thing with astrocartography. Someone could have an amazing line, but it's like in the middle of the desert or in the middle of the ocean. It's like, okay, obviously you're not going to live there. Um, you have some nice moon lines near Hawaii. Moon line near Hawaii. You have a moon line that goes down through Venezuela and Bolivia. And you probably have some in Europe, if I had to guess. Okay. Yeah, you have one. Yeah, you had one in Morocco, I think. And we were like, are you going to live in Morocco? <laughs> And there's other lines that are helpful. So a second component to this is that um, it's really helpful to look at your unique astrology chart with the locational map because, you know, let's see your chart. I have your chart up here, actually. Got all my witchy tools activated. If you're, for example, a very heavy earth sign, you've got Virgo, you've got a lot of Capricorn, you've got, but you've also got a lot of Sag. You've got a very earth and fire chart. <laughs> so you would probably feel very at home because you're, energetic astrological constitution has a lot of the elements of fire and earth you would probably also feel very at home on lines astrology lines that are connected to the elements of mm. fire and earth so something like maybe a jupiter line because jupiter rules over sagittarius and you have you know a strong sagittarius you might feel really good on a jupiter line because that's your home sign in a way you know what i mean yes so see okay that makes sense yeah. <laughs> so there's different ways you can work with it. Um, and there are some positions, you know, that might be wonderful by the textbook, but for you, they're not that great because it could be something that's a point of contention in your astrology chart, for example. So if I were to give a second, do you want me to give a second line I think would be good for home in, yeah, in general? Okay. I think a second line that's really great for building home is a Venus line. Um, which is also good for love, right? Which is also good for love. So Venus enhances more of our feminine uh, mannerisms, characteristics, our feminine energy, man or woman. And what is the feminine energy focused on? It's like, what, what feels right and good? What do I really value? Love, romance, relationships. Venus can also correlate to money and it can be a really good place to buy property because Venus is ruling over like um, the finer things in life and maintaining value and money and it can be a great place to buy property or to make property investments um to start a business venus is really good for all things relationships money value in life in the many different ways that that can take form so venus lines can also be really wonderful to live on and yeah they're definitely venus is just fabulous we got money we got relationships we got <laughs> investments we got love where's my i feel my venus lines in the middle of nowhere Oh, oh no, don't say that. 
I feel like you're a very Venusian being. You, you strike me as quite a Venus woman. You in the States, let's see if you have any Venus line here. I don't think I do. I think mine are all like weird. <laughs> You've got a Venus line. You do. Actually, okay, you have one going through Phoenix, Arizona. Ooh, okay, I remember this now. Yeah, okay. I yeah, I think you have that one. I and I think it also went up through, like, yeah, it goes up through. Alberta. Yeah. And from what I understand, near the line, is it what, like 100 kilometers or something like that? Like near it, you'll still get that energy? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So if you're within 100 kilometers of the line, you get um, a strong impact. Now, let's say, you know, if someone pulls up their chart, like, I want to see my chart, and they look at a place and there's no line in sight. Um, if you have no line in sight, that place is going to be impacted, even if only slightly, by the closest line to it. So 100 kilometers is a good barometer. Anything within that range is going to be quite potent. But if you are in somewhat of like an open space, a blank space, a wide open space, um, which, you know, isn't actually a bad thing. I tell my clients that if you're living in a place that's more open, it can be really good if you are not wanting to be too impacted by any certain energetic, good or bad, and just kind of... Um, working with what's present for you, kind of making your own story. I think time spent on those lines can be helpful as well. Um, but typically open space is nothing too potent or strong and within 100 kilometers is where you want to be for the impact. Okay. So we've covered living on love. I know you also said Venus for money and wealth. Are there any other lines that are good for like money, wealth, or like business purposes? Mm-hmm. So... From two things there that um, one is very money linked, I think, and one is more business linked. We said it for you as a Sagittarian, the, um, the Jupiter energy is really strong, but Jupiter is kind of like the great benevolent planet. So Jupiter correlates to blessings, unexpected good coming your way. Also, sometimes it can create this feeling of being like the main like an emphasized sense of being the main character in your life it's like life just gets better than you could imagine and I remember I had a Venus line moving through Bali which is kind of ideal in its own way and I remember when I was living there for a year I just felt like I was on top of the world like I was just like making my whole own movie of life and I was like how is this happening it just keeps getting better um so Jupiter lines will expand whatever you're working on whether it's you know I was there on a spiritual path so I started learning about yoga and tantra and astrology when I was living there um, but let's say you're business focused at a certain time in your life or family focused or you're really calling in love Jupiter lines will amplify and bring kind of this like ex this enhanced uh, good this enhanced fortune this enhanced joy your way so Jupiter lines are really really good for if you have an intention to make more money or you go there to expand your business or expand your network or uh, improve your health. There is sometimes a bit of a, a tempering that needs to be done with Jupiter because it's just like more and more, bigger, bigger, better. And it's like, you might need to keep things in check a little bit, but if you can do that and have good discipline and structures, Jupiter lines can be highly beneficial for money-making. And also for believing in yourself, I think, like increasing your confidence so that you can make more money, right? Because so much of bringing in more wealth and abundance is allowing yourself to receive more. So, Increasing your capacity to receive, self-worth, confidence. Really great for Jupiter. And like you said, you might someone might look at their Jupiter line, but they have like IC or MC, other like things, mm -hmm. or whatever that could like 
make their experience of a Jupiter line like slightly different. So that's why it's important to have someone like also see those little aspects that like you may not be aware of as well. Yes. Yes. The aspects are really <laughs> they're a deal breaker because if you go to a Jupiter line you're like it's my Jupiter line it's the pink line on my chart but it's squaring your north node it's like you're probably gonna have a really tough time expanding um so look for the the sextiles which is the star or the triangles which is the trine or just work with you know work with someone who can know how to guide you clear um yeah, yeah. I mean, that sounds complicated trying to interpret it that's why I like how you just like is this your zone so where is my Jupiter line you have a really great Jupiter line going through kind of to the east, actually, uh, the west of Phoenix, up through Vegas, up through Idaho. Um, the thing is, you can have multiple lines. So you don't just have one line, which is really helpful. Like you also have one going through Washington and Toronto um, and some of the East Coast, more inland. You have it going through Cuba. You have it going through Quito and Ecuador which like if you were to go there for any kind of maybe healing or ceremony, you probably have a very powerful experience. Um, but Toronto's close to my Jupiter line? I feel like I didn't know that. Maybe we didn't touch on it. Yeah, you have a really strong Jupiter and Venus line right outside of Toronto. East or west? I'm curious. Uh, east. Okay. Yeah, you would. I think you would feel those if you were there. <laughs> And so even with like the Phoenix, we were talking earlier about how, was it my Venus? So, like my Venus and my Jupiter is kind of nice that like you can find locations like Phoenix for me, which are close enough to both of them where I can kind of even use both of those energies. Absolutely. Yeah. I'm kind of playing and like that's where you step into co-creator mode. It's like, oh, wow, I know that I'm moving to this place because that energetics there. So I'm going to mindfully, right, like start making more art or sharing more content or um, like revamping my wardrobe, like, or doing more money manifestation and, um, you know, abundance mindset things. You can choose certain tools and ways of living and, and lifestyles to support the line you're moving on to. And it's the same as someone wants to move on to, like I intentionally moved on to last year, a Pluto line. Cause I was like, I'm about to hit my Saturn return. I'm a Scorpio woman. Like I need to do some deep diving and I'm going to go to a line that's going to provide the energetic for me to do that. And my goodness, it provided, but I had to be really strong with my routine. So you can use the energies of the place. And it's kind of like, that's the way I like to see astrocartography. And maybe this is a little bit of a lofty idealistic perspective, but I'm a six two in human design. So I tend to see things from somewhat of a um, idyllic level we have relationships with the earth, you know, like the place you are living on right now, whoever is listening, wherever you are, you have a relationship with that land. It's not just like a dead body of mass. It's alive. It's breathing. And it has a story to tell you. And when you work with the place you're living or you move to places that have a certain energetic, you can see it as I'm in a relationship with the soul of this place and it has something it wants to enhance in me. So let me make the right choices. Let me align my daily routines and rituals to work with that energetic, whether it's Venus or Saturn or the moon. And that's where we really start seeing results is when, like you say, we're doing certain things that allow us to tap into that energy. I'm definitely going to re-listen and make notes of this. Definitely go watch my obsession with you again. So I have all my top cities. Mm -hmm. Are there any other lines, like major ones you think people should be aware of? You mentioned a Pluto one just now. I don't think we talked about, do people need to know about Pluto? Would you say that's one of the main ones or do you think we've covered the main ones? I think one more that I'd really love to talk about is the North Node line or your Node line. 
nodal line. Um, Because I can imagine a lot of people who listen to your podcast are people who are devoted to their growth and their development and following their heart in the world and their authenticity and maybe expanding their business. Um, With a north node line, which looks like the north node symbol, if, if you know those signs in astrology, north node lines are huge like destiny activators. So when you go to a north node line, it's most likely through the people you meet, the strangers you talk to, the kind of class that you're drawn to go to, or even just someone you bump into on the street or a a book you pick up. There are certain synchronistic magical ways that living on a north node line is hinting you and nudging you towards what is your destiny trajectory so north node is your north star in your natal chart it is what are you moving towards what did your soul really come here to grow towards south node is what have we moved away from what are we trying to move away from what have we maybe uh, mastered in a past life yes there are gifts but we don't want, we don't want to get too caught up because it can be our comfort zone north node is not the comfort zone it's the zone of genius where we grow and expand and receive huge reward through taking on that pursuit So when someone goes to a north node line, it can be a huge activator for their purpose, for their vocation, for what they really feel they're here to do in the world, whether it's, again, like building a family or building a business, whatever it is, those lines can really illuminate someone's highest path and also illuminate and force them to see where they are not in alignment with that and things they may have to let go of. Um, So I think that line is a really, really important one that... I haven't heard talked about too much, but it's one that I always like to look at in the charts I'm working with is where is your North node line? Um, Or where you wouldn't want to live there. Like it's a good activator, but like probably not somewhere ideally you, you wouldn't want to live on your North node. I think you could, let's say if you're someone who is, okay, you could only live there. It's a pretty general statement, but let's just go with it. You could only live there and love it. If you're someone who's actively like seeking purpose in your life and let's be honest we go through different chapters and phases and sometimes we don't want to be on that continual pursuit of expanding and purpose sometimes it's more about the relaxation or the peace or the love or the spirituality or the healing which can happen anywhere but a north node line is going to push you to grow into your highest so if someone's wanting that I think they could live there for 10 years and be happy because it's going to support that ambition and that drive. But if someone is not in a place where they feel ready to drive and maybe they need to like nourish their nervous system a little more or rest up, um, it might be a little intense. So it's kind of just checking in with like, what do I truly want? What do I really need right now? And then using that as a barometer. I like that you can like choose lines based on like what you're craving, what you feel like you need. You Then you can go and tap into those energies in different places of the world. Like I just think this is it's so cool. Where is my North Node? I'm going to ask if mm-hmm. well, Do I again, have one in some place that's like normal, not like Zimbabwe? <laughs> no, only Zimbabwe. Just kidding. Um, okay, you have, you actually have a North Node line going through LA, Los Angeles. Um, and it would carry up as well somewhat into like sacramento somewhat but it's more peaking in los angeles you have a north node line intersecting with a mercury line which means it would probably like stimulate a lot around your voice your connections your networking your community but that can also mean kind of weeding out things that aren't right and aligning with things that are so it's it's kind of intense but you have one of those in la and let's see if you have any like out of the united states too you have, so 
so another, there's another thing as well that's really important with these lines. Um, some people will have multiple recurring lines, which is always really interesting to see. You also have one. <laughs> I'm laughing. It's, it's not the best place. You have one in Saudi Arabia. <laughs> I knew I had something in Saudi Arabia. <laughs> I remember first thing. I that was, was it. I think that was it. <laughs> you have one going through New Zealand, which is kind of beautiful. It's also very far. Very so it sounds far. like I'm planning a trip to LA. So I've got LA trip. I got a Phoenix trip I need to make. I think LA would be great. Uh, also, I do feel like this whole like coast of Peru for you, you have... You have a, a line, a north node line there, but actually, I think the one in LA is better. I think LA would be better. And from you what don't... I remember, there's also a line that is really good for like grounding, nourishing, and I believe mine was like Colorado, Denver mm. area. Is that what have we talked about that line as well? Is that like a Jupiter or, something? or like? Sounds like a Neptune line or like a Moon line. Um, that's good. Uh, for like calming and like replenishing mm. really good lines for calming and replenishing are usually moon lines because it's like it's water energy i also find that neptune lines are really calming and nourishing um because it's it's piscean so there's a sense of allowing yourself to be more dreamy more slow more soft more in your heart more empathic and compassionate so those lines can be really relaxing but also chiron lines can when they're in a positive aspect can be very healing like, if you're on a positive Chiron line, you're probably going to heal much faster than if you were not on a Chiron line. Because Chiron in astrology is known as the wounded healer. So it's like those lines can often really amplify where we have the deepest wound, but bring the healing salve and the bomb through the people we meet, through the connections we form, through the kind of work we're doing to receive the healing we need. I am so excited because the next round of Wealth Recode is officially open. This is the program that recodes your nervous system to feel safe with wealth. Receiving it, holding it, growing it, wealth of all kinds. There are live healing calls with me where we are going to be doing the deep rewiring of living beliefs, letting go of lack and scarcity in your nervous system, generational and past life trauma around money and wealth, and getting you into a state where you are living in complete overflow with wealth. This round is even more potent than before because I have unlocked new levels since the last round that are going to change everything. These are the shifts that have changed my life and my bank account. This is not only going to change how you respond to wealth, it is going to change your entire relationship to it. There's also plenty of time for Q&A and a Telegram channel to ask questions in between calls to get support. Yum. So this is for you if you want to heal your relationship with money and become a higher match for wealth and bring nervous system safety into it. Check out the link in the description. I cannot wait to see you inside. And if you have any questions, let me know. And let's get back to the episode. Those lines are really strong for healing. If someone's specifically saying, hey, you know, I've got this thing I'm trying to overcome or I'm, you know, working really deeply with my nervous system from a lot of impacted like like trauma I've picked up over the years. Chiron lines are really great for that in positive aspect. <laughs> um, okay. Wow, this is so, I love this kind of stuff. It's so informative. Okay, so I got trips planned. Maybe we you got your trips. Let's see if any other. Lines. Yeah. Is there anything else you want to talk about when it comes to astrocartography before we move on to your other like zone of genius, which is like karmic imprints and grounded mm -hmm. reality and all that? Mm. 
Um, one more thing I really do want to say, because I, I think it was really important to my journey with astrophotography. Like I was studying astrology from the age of 18 and I'm 28 now and I've had a lot of teachers and apprentices over the years. And, um, I had my first astrophotography reading, I think it was like 20, 2016 or something. And, um, a partner at the time bought it for me and it was amazing to just see her look at my chart. And instantly I was like, I want to learn this. Like I want to learn this. So I learned it for like a few years and then I started offering it. But so much of my best experiences with astrophotography came when I was trusting my intuition, right? Because if we get too in our head of like, I'm going to go to this specific line for this specific thing and that's the way it's going to be, I think what we always need to do is come back to, okay, where's my intuition guiding me in, you know, human design? What is my response? How do I respond to LA? Like when I really tune into not the mind, the mind chatter and what I think about that city, but when I feel it and close my eyes and feel in my body, like what's my intuitive response? Is there excitement? Is there joy? Is there fear? And then working with the line placements. That's something I always like to recommend to people is like, try to always make it a balance of your intuition and the map because your soul knows things that this map doesn't know. The map gives a really good pointer. Um, but definitely if you feel called to a place and let's say you don't necessarily have a line there, go because there might be something there for you. Um, so yeah, just the balance of Keeping intuition present, keeping your your deeper heart, you know, whispers present, and that's always and really not being too rigid with these lines. Like I have to live on this line, and then you know whatever. Yeah, because let me tell you, Liv, I can't even begin to say how many people I've looked at places in their chart, and they're like, "Oh, I've always wanted to go there." Like I think people know, <laughs> even if you're not like intuitive, they're like, "Oh." I wanted to go there. Or we talk about a hindsight experience of like a really tough chapter in their life. They're like, yeah, I knew when I left to move to that place, I really didn't want to go. <laughs> I, was like, um, I think we're much more sharp than we think we are and much more intuitive. So the work that you do with karmic imprints, can you kind of explain that? Is that, I'm guessing based on, is it astrology as well? Kind of, mm -hmm. and what do you, what does the term even karmic imprints mean? Like, is it what we came with to this mm -hmm. life? Can we dive yeah. into that? Yeah, it's such an amazing topic. <laughs> I'm curious to hear your thoughts as well. But my thoughts is that I think that, um, you know, we all have such a unique seed of genius in our soul. The, it's a um, Michael Mead term, the, the soul of our genius, the seed of our genius within us. And I think we're born into a world and, and families and, you know, for for everything it is, you know, and uh, all the beauty that it is, there's there's challenge of being incarnated in these human vessels and there's trauma and there's ancestral pain and environmental pain. And especially for empathic souls, we're just feeling everything times 10 that it can be so easy to get kind of like numbed out to what our true soul genius is. I also think there's karmic uh, journeys we come in with and contracts that we're supposed to have that are here to teach us things, maybe in a challenging way so that we can overcome and grow and reclaim who we really are. And that's the way I love to work with these tools like human design, astrology, Mayan astrology. It's They are pathways to, in a way, kind of get back to who we are in our essence. And healing and clearing karma, I think is the courageous pursuit we all take on of saying, okay, I'm going to face the things that have held me back. I'm going to face the places where I'm not being my true self. I'm going to face the places where I'm maybe getting sucked into storylines or ancestral patterns that I don't want to indulge anymore. And I want to heal them. I want to grow. So for example, right, working with astrophotography as a way of clearing karma, 
like when I went to my Pluto line, which is a line, if anyone wants to know, if you're also someone who likes sometimes the going to the, the depth of your psyche and <laughs> not hiding from the shadows, I, I went there with the intention to really see my shadows and to see my fears and pains, which, you know, is maybe a bit of a crazy pursuit. But I went with that intention. And I really feel like in that time there, and it's been a while since I've lived there, so I've gotten some hindsight integration, I was able to really see the depths of like, certain patterns I felt were passed down in my lineage around money, scarcity, um, the safety to receive in all ways, like the safety to be in my feminine and to let myself be in more more of my receptive energy, seeing where I was kind of, I had been conditioned and chose to condition myself to think I needed to be something in the world that was like other people approved of before I could approve of myself. So I got a lot of work to do there just through being and feeling and diving into it around reestablishing what my worth means to me, seeing where scarcity was running the show or external validation and to clear that through various practices that are good for that. Um, so I think that when we are looking at our astrophotography chart, we can choose certain places to recreate a story of our life. Um, sounds a little bit poetic but uh um, oh, sounds beautiful so the way you see do you also see like karmic imprints on people's charts as well like whether their natal chart was it the north node or no south something with karma nodes i'm not an yeah. astrologer as you can tell i'm not i know it's vague terms but is it like our karma is in our actual chart mm -hmm. or is it also like you work with people when you, people come up with challenges and you can see oh i can see this is a bit of a, a texture of karma to it versus mm -hmm. like on their chart both you know you the, usually the chart is a good flashlight of like hey so how do you feel about this <laughs> it can be a good flashlight to your psyche of like what is in the deep reserves and i think north node and south node as well as ascendant and descendant are very powerful tools to look at your soul's trajectory let's say you know lifetimes upon lifetimes where are you really best um where is it in your best growth and your best vitality to put your focus in this lifetime mm -hmm. and like so can i look at your chart are you open oh, to yeah that? yeah I'm a, I'm a tell all tell all the baggage all the i don't know whatever i've done or whatever karma i got mm, okay so you have north node in capricorn meaning that your soul came into this life to progress on the path of capricorn capricorn we can see it as the father archetype it's also ruled by saturn so it's building things that are lasting and true it's showing up to provide something to the public. It's it's kind of saying, I'm gonna step outside of cancer, the family home, and I'm going to go and really do what I can to offer something to society, to the world. So sometimes with this access of Capricorn and, and cancer, you know, family is usually something that's really important, whether it was important in a tragic way or important in a beautiful way. Family is what you've known for so many lives, is the family, the unit, the preservation. Often your south node is really easily seen in who you are as well. So maybe people have reflected to you that you can have like a very nurturing disposition or the mother, you know, or maybe people want you to mother them or something. There can be a very strong, uh, easy disposition to take on in the cancer role. But it's like you actually kind of signed up for a lifetime of moving towards the father. And you can be the father as a woman, right? But it's like, no, I want to take a stand for something. I want to take on responsibility. I want to build. I want to grow. I might have to actually be out of the home a little bit more because I'm here to build something for the greater good. And it's not that the home isn't supporting the greater good. Of course, the mothers and fathers of this world are so invaluable. 
but it's just it's a it's an archetypal thing you came one of my mentors hunter he says we all walk in on a certain stage and everyone's stage is their own stage but some people walk in on the stage of family and some people walk in on the stage of dharma and vocation and business so when i see that as your north node you know it's it's kind of like you're in your north node trajectory which is amazing but you already know that like you're walking your path but you're here to um, to build. You're here to know what it is to take on responsibility. You're here to prioritize your contribution and your service. And um, maybe not necessarily to coddle people, but to like... Oh, I, I am a no BS, no coddler. I mean, I think who I am, I'm, no one would ever say I'm a coddler. I'm pretty yeah. blunt and, and I everything with love always, but like I, I don't sugarcoat things. I call yeah. them that you are. And it's so interesting you say even like the father archetype role because between my partner and I, hands down, like when we have children, if there was someone to stay home, it is not me. Like if yeah. someone's becoming a stay-at-home parent, he knows it's him and it's <laughs> not going to be, and there's nothing wrong with that. It's just, I know that yeah. there's something different for me. I have a different stage and like that is not my stage. Yeah. And by, by no means that I think that you're a coddler, but right, that's something that I think, especially women, we can be conditioned so that we have to do that take care of people's feelings. Don't say the hard truth. Just let them know what they want to hear or sacrifice your own time. It's like, you did not come to do that, (laughs) which can feel blunt for people direct. And like, you're, it's so beautiful to see you powerfully standing in your North node. Uh, And you will continue to grow more and more in that in ways you probably can't even imagine. But right, there's a karmic piece there of like you, maybe you didn't have to go through this, but I could imagine that you would have had to make peace with your journey and understand that your journey is not going to look like other people's or other women's. And like, maybe there were some karmic things you had to face there, like relationships that didn't go the right way or disappointing people or not being who people wanted you to be in order to truly pursue what you know in your soul you needed to do. And I think that's one of the greatest karmic clearings is not in this like narcissistic, hypervigilant, independent way, but the devotion to one's own truth even if other people don't like how it looks. It's like, no, I'm doing this because I really know on a soul level I need to do it. You're not hurting anyone. You're not harming anyone. But some people might be upset by that. And I think that's a huge karmic clearer when we're moving towards what we know we need to move towards. And a lot of people get afraid to do that, right? Out of like codependency or wanting to belong or fit in. And my experience has been usually when we're clearing big chunks of karma, we kind of have to go through some periods of feeling like we don't fit in. Um... So you sound like there's a very positive, like my karma in terms of in Capricorn. Is there like any, I don't say negatives, but like the karma itself then is like me owning the Capricorn energy in my North node. Mm. Well, I think when we're looking at the karma, we might have to look more at the South node, right? Because the the North node is what you're walking towards and you're developing. Um, Karma is like, things that might try to hold you back from the past or little latches on your ankles. So that would be more in the energetic of cancer because that's the axis of Capricorn. So not being the stay at home, not being the stay at home mom. I don't know. I don't know a lot about your personal life, but I would imagine like South node and cancer, this could be challenges with family dynamics or even just like family of origin or having to work through maybe not having to. I mean, I think this is something I'll, humans and all people go through but um ancestral patterns with the cancer south node um developing ancestral patterns could be like of anything it could be of money it could be of whatever just like specifically ancestral stuff because it's cancer versus 
if your south node was in like Virgo, you'd have less ancestral stuff? Well, I think of cancer and I think of the family. So I think of karmic clearing that is maybe more focused around the home and the family, probably more likely the one you grew up in. But because we're talking about family, we're looking at your maternal line and paternal line. So going through, you know, your adolescent years, your teen years, your adult years, where you're focusing on these things more when you hit your adult years, like seeing if you have habits that are holding you back, like doing more work with your your family of origin. And like, am I like, how am I? embodying the qualities that I saw represented from my mother or father because it's cancer and cancer is the home. It's like your sense of where did you come from? So there could be like pain points around that that might stand out or growth points around that. Also with cancer there, there, you know, cancer is very much about our emotions. So having karmic emotions, this could be like your emotions can teach you a lot or maybe having to try to feel more if your emotions have been cut off. Something about um, getting really deeply stirred in emotions, but, you know, to see it more specifically, it's really good to look at the house it's in. Cause that tells you about, um, like where in your life. So you have your North node. I use the equal house system. So there's lots of different house systems, which is a topic for a whole other conversation, but, um, noticing what house your North node and South node are in can show you a lot about what you're working with. So, I accidentally just totally lost your chart. I don't know how that happened. But um, I didn't see where your north node is before it just blanked off of my screen. But let's okay, say so as, yeah. You just get, so the house is also determined that. And I feel like on CoStar, it tells me what house things mm -hmm. are. So if I do my chart and like Capricorn's in a certain house, is mm -hmm. it going to be in that house no matter what, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, if you change the house system, but that's like a super complex conversation, but whatever house system you like to use, which is a charting system. So some people use Placidus, some people use whole sign, but essentially, yes, if whatever calculator you like to work with, um, it will tell you what house it's in. So let's say you have the cancer south node in your third house, and then you have your Capricorn north node in your ninth house. So south node, third house is showing where do you carry more karmic imprints, stuff from the past, which again, you can transmute and work with to use in a really good way. But that might be like cancer, third house, cancer's emotions, feelings, your sense of connectivity, family, third house is talking, communication. This could be like a really hard time expressing your emotions or choking up or like pains around vulnerability or speaking your heart or something like that. So it can show where we carry pain points, I think, our south node. That's just one perspective. But our north node shows us how are we really here to develop. So if you had that north node in the ninth house, that's like ninth house is Sagittarius. It's it's Jupiter. It's higher learnings. It's spirituality. It's teaching. It's traveling. It's learning. So you're probably very expanded when you put your focus into those areas of life, learning things, educating yourself. Um, being mentored, stepping into roles of mentorship, things like that. So I'm just going to recap to make sure I understand it. Cause if I understand it, I know everyone else. Will. So the South knows what we're getting away from. Yeah. We want to notice like not only what sign it's in, but what house, and that can help determine kind of what you're letting go, moving away from versus like past stuff so mm -hmm. that you can step into your North node, which is like your full highest expression in this life, what you're moving towards. And by understanding what sign and house that is, and you can like kind of use that to optimize and understand how to expand, you know, more versus like totally it's like communication and like, you know, it's like talking 
all right, like that's the aspect of it I'm I'm really trying to use in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Everyone can look at their North Node and South Node and the houses. Okay. Please look at your North Node and South Node. I feel like that is one of the most important things in an astrology chart and your Ascendant and Descendant. But it just, and usually it's like, a very symbiotic relationship. So if you're pursuing things in the North Node, like if you're pursuing more Capricorn things and you're like, okay, I'm going to establish a business. I'm going to put myself out there. I'm going to focus on what I'm growing. I'm going to um, have really good accountability and responsibility. When you do those things, naturally you lighten up the South Node and you also get to receive the benefits from it, which is like healthy emotions, good relationships, creating your own sense of family. And also when you're working on stepping away from the things of the South Node, and I think we go through different times in our life. Sometimes we are way more in our South Node. And I do think we go through shifts with our transits. We do go through shifts in our transits where we kind of tip more on the scale towards North Node. But again, we have to choose it. But if you're in a time where you're really feeling like you're in the grips of your old patterns and you're just stuck and you're looping, and I know I've been there, I'm sure you've been there. I know what it's like to be in those like, loopy spaces where you're like I just need to make a change that's where North Node can come in and save you not that it it's not saving you you're saving yourself by saying I'm gonna go pursue what my soul really wants and you don't have to I think you don't have to like fret so much and worry so much around like healing your trauma or healing your karma you just move towards what the fuck you're supposed to move towards um and, and if you can also like go to that location, maybe if it's not in Saudi Arabia, and we can enhance <laughs> all of this energy. I'm sure you had more. Yeah, I'm sure you had more lines. I know you I have. Can go to LA. I can go to LA, but like I just mean yeah. for someone if they look it up. If you totally. Can, yeah, you you're like use that, that energy to even help you. So then, would going to your South Node is that, that is that a thing on the chart? Would going to your South Node help you dissolve the South Node stuff? I would recommend not going to South Node. I just don't even think it's. Yeah. Okay. More like what you've already done. I think just focusing on the north. Yeah. Focusing on the north node is going to help you dissolve the south node and, and you know, transmute it. Transmute it, I mean, taking it from any kind of density and negativity into something that can really support you. So let's say you're listening to this, right? You have like a Scorpio north node and a Taurus south node. Taurus south node wants the comfort, the stability, the food, the sex, the ease of life. Doesn't want to really do anything too deep. Just wants to stay comfortable. Scorpio's uh, North Node is like, I want to dive into spirituality and healing and transformation. And um, if you, you know, what was I saying? (laughs) Yeah, if you just focus on where you're growing, you're going to get to transmute and heal a lot of that other stuff. Whereas, like, if you go and put yourself on the line, it might be a little too hard to fight it because it's like you're just in that energy. You're in it. So I think it's better to go to the places that are going to stimulate you to grow. Um, yeah. yeah, that makes sense. Okay. I'm definitely gonna be looking up my houses in my North node and South node. Cause I've even heard like, you know, uh, Christina Rice talk about, you know, you need to know your North node. She's telling me you need to know your North node. I'm like, I don't know my North node. And I know I've heard from so many people now that it's so popular. So now that I know it's in Capricorn, I'm going to look up the house as well to figure yeah. out that. And I, I think everyone should look that up. Cause you're right. We know that like we're a Sagittarius rising and like this is something, but the North node, I think. I'm so glad you talked about it because that's probably like a little intricacy that to me, from what you've explained, has such an impact on our life that like we need mm-hmm. to know our North Node. Yeah. And everyone's North Node is different, right? Like some people's North Nodes are very linked to, for example, like relationships and partnerships. So it's good for them to go to the Venus lines. It's good for them to go to the moon lines where they're going to be more in their emotions, more in their heart, more in their feminine. Whereas if someone's North Node is like business, it's like, okay, get your booty over to the North Node line or the Jupiter line. It's like, there's just these intricacies that are so fascinating and each of us are so unique in our needs and desires, which I think so 
yeah it's a huge permit blowing my mind blowing my mind because you you just tied this all together with as photography and the karmic and the imprints and so i know i just want to close it off talking a little bit about grounded reality and that that term i've seen you use what does that like can you define that for people and what that means and how yeah. you see people living in a grounded reality yeah i know it's kind of a it's a mouthful of a statement but i think that um you know i've gone pretty deep with a lot of different astrological tools and I've seen it in my own process, but also in others, when we when we take in this information, it can be really easy to kind of just like get in our head about it, right? Of like, and thinking and thinking and thinking and thinking and like, I'm supposed to do this and that's what I'm supposed to be, but I'm not here and it should be like this and it shouldn't be like that. And, and it gets really ungrounded, which is why I think connecting to embodiment practices, somatic practices throughout the whole thing are very powerful but that's I feel like maybe that's a topic for another conversation but grounded reality to me is all right I know you know I know that my north node is in Capricorn and then I'm working with the south node in Cancer these houses these lines now what is it like for me to staying grounded in that approach of working with these tools it's like I'm going to live it I'm not going to try to guess what it's going to be beforehand. I'm going to let myself live the experiences and let life teach me. To me, that is grounded reality is like do the thing, get just get enough inspiration to take some action. You will get answers. But I think so much of what I see in myself, I have seen in myself and can see in the spiritual community is like we're just looking for the answers before taking any, taking any action. So it's like use your astrology to be like, okay, I've got to. Capricorn North Node, I think I'm, I really want to build something. I want to start some business. It's like, what can you do right now to do that? Are you going to hire a mentor? Are you going to take a course? Are you going to launch a product? Are you going to start writing daily? It's like, take your spiritual gifts, take your soul genius, your uniqueness, and find applicable step-by-step ways you can do it so that you can let life teach you. You can let yourself just get the results organically rather than trying to like future project and figure it out ahead of time. Um... So to me, grounded spirituality is walking the talk, you know, get inspired enough and then say, how can I make that my tangible reality? Or am I going to change up what I'm wearing and how I'm dressing? Am I going to revamp my brand to match more of my North Node energy? Am I going to start, you know, being disciplined around that practice I know I want to do every day that's going to help me grow towards my North Node? It's taking applicable grounded steps. I love it. You said like applicable grounded steps because I'm very about like, taking the tangible action like it's one thing to know the information and to consume it but then like do you actually go and put it into practice in a way that's going to elicit change like i could know about you know my capricorn now and but do i actually do anything well that's gonna like that's the other half of the puzzle to me mm-hmm. part of the puzzle is like knowing the other part is like the actionable step yeah there's a wonderful quote i like i think it's by maybe it's by thoreau but it's like the problem is not in building a castle in the sky it's just like having the fortitude to build the steps that reach it so it's like have your castle in the sky know that you're here to be a boss capricorn woman but like right that's not going to happen unless you're like okay how would i show up if i was her and you've done that and here you are you know and it's like let's say someone has that in pisces or scorpio it's like okay what is that castle in the sky what is that dream that speaks to your heart what is that highest expression of you and what are steps you can take to actually get there and not just like think it's going to land upon you you know it's like it's a yeah I actually I have one last quick question for I, I know I'm gonna keep on topic because I feel like I'm gonna need to have you back one day to you have other things that you do that I also want to dive into I love diving into things that I don't like know about and like learning but 
as for Kata, everything we talked about today with like lions and all that, what if you have a partner in your life? Mm-hmm. How do you see like that influencing also you and like how much you should take into account? Like what if your partner has the North node here, but it's your Uranus or South node? Like, can you speak to navigating that while you're actually like living with someone or in partnership and union, or if you even should? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I do couples sessions. So I have often couples coming on and they're like, we want to live in a place together or we're relocating. Where should we go? We're curious about these places. So I think it's really helpful for partners to know about each other's lines, especially like, you know, your astrocartography, uh, you know, your, your synastry charts, which is how two astrology charts match up or your human design compatible chart. So you can make both charts into one. There's so many wonderful tools for working with couples and with astrocartography and couples, I think it's really important to, um, like let's say people are relocating you can look at the different energetics look at the different lines find places that they might not i mean they're likely not going to match up but they're serving each person but let's say people are living in a place and like we need to know what's going on here how do we work with this i think it just becomes another it's just more information of okay this person person a is working with this kind of energy here person b is working with this kind of energy how can we better delegate things in the relationship how can we better better split up responsibilities how can we better structure our home maybe it's like let's say one person's on a north node line and one person's on a uranus line one person might need to have a little bit more like um freedom or be like go out and do things or uh have a certain i don't know kind of unique schedule and for them to not expect each other to have the same thing i think that can be really helpful because right i know the biggest challenge in relationships sometimes is thinking the other why isn't the other person thinking like me or loving like me or approaching the thing in the way I am? So knowing your lines in a certain place, I think can help people have more compassion for each other is what I've noticed. And there's always ways you can work with it. Like if people are wanting to relocate, I just look at both charts and I say, hey, this is going on here. That's going on here. This might be a little bit better. This is close by, not too far away, but a better energetic. So you just have to look at all the different compositions and, and placements. But I think that... It just gives you more of an awareness of what people are working with and then more compassion to, yeah. Yeah, because I feel like even when I found out like my partner's human design versus mine, that is just like an understanding. So I can't imagine also astrocartography. It's like another dynamic to it. And I feel like that would be important. So I'm guessing like, let's say we both had good lines for love. Maybe that's a good place that if we want to focus on like our relationship more, like nourish it more, we could take a vacation there or something or honeymoon there. So I feel like it would give you, yeah, you're nodding. So I'm assuming that. that Yes, 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 yes. You could go there and like, that could be like a good, I don't know, getaway spot for you or something Mm -hmm. like that. So I feel like, okay, I think I'm going to end up doing a couple sessions with you, my partner, so we can. Yeah. Or if you're like looking for a place to build a home or to like start a new business, like there's ways you can work with it. So yeah, it's really helpful to um, pick those places through that. And it's also kind of fun because if you are wanting to travel with your lover, with your partner, it can be fun to be like, oh, where would be a really good place for us to go that we might not even be thinking of? <laughs> I need to know, like, also because he definitely doesn't like know his chart, so I want to have his chart done, and we're gonna, I'll have mine overlaid or whatever you said. And yeah, 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 it's really, really cool. And yeah, there's ways you can just shift up your daily lifestyle, like by working with the energy of that line. So if right now you're on a Mercury and he's on a Venus, you might want to do mercurial things. He might want to do more Venus things, like just activities that link to those planet energetics, which, you know, are extensive, but you just got to figure out how to make it work or go to places where it works for both of you. 
and optimizing. I feel like all the information we talk about is really about using like astrology as cartography to optimize how you're living your life. And to me, that's like a no brainer to understand this stuff and just like be aware of it. You don't have to be rigid. Like you could only do this on this line, but like to me being aware of these little enhancements in these energies is like such a beautiful way that you can expand, grow, evolve and all of that mm-hmm. beautiful stuff. Well, I think that's what astrology and all these systems are trying to teach us is how can you work in a deeper relationship with the natural cycles of the world, with the inherent magic of life. Like it's there for us to work with it if we want to. So it's just that willingness to be like, I'm going to work with this. I'm going to optimize with this. And why not? And it's actually really practical too, which is, you know, it's magical. It's wonderful. It's amazing, but it's incredibly practical. And I've made a lot of really big choices through working with my astrology and astrocartography and like why not if we have this tool available why not (laughs) why not exactly you know it's very like practical and scientific if i see a birth chart i'm just like that's too it hurts my brain (laughs) there's no not been a past life where i've been an astrologer that's for sure Mm -hmm. well thank you so much i'm honestly going to make notes i know everyone's going to come make notes on like their lines and everything when i'm not going to say if people when people come to work with you because like everyone should have a session from you if not a couple session where do you want them to reach out where it's the best way to reach you kind of like plug yourself what you do what you have going on yes so I have a few ways of sharing the things I love to share about and teaching and offering my offerings one is YouTube my YouTube channel is called when the stars aligned with a ed at the end aligned and i post videos there on human design embodiment astrocartography astrology my instagram is it's kelly roland where you know in the link on the bio you can find the astrocartography session and other offerings as well so those are good places to find me on youtube and on instagram and yeah i love doing these sessions with people i have other offerings and I'm currently creating a few exciting new things. So there's a lot brewing in my world over here, but that's where you can find me is on YouTube when the stars aligned and Instagram. It's Kelly Rowland. Beautiful. We're going to have that link down below. You have to go follow. You need to get a session. Go get a session with Kelly and then tell me where your lines are. And then tell me if we also have similar lines because I'd like to know. We can uh, go have a nice like wealth party in LA or like yes. fall in love. I don't know. Yes, uh, we'll I that's a great idea. <laughs> uh, well, thank, yeah, thank you so much for coming on. It's been a beautiful conversation. And I, I already know I'm going to want to have you back to talk about all the other magical things you do. I just, you have so much. I thought I have a lot that I do. I feel like you have so many zones of genius. So we'll have to have you back on soon. I would love to be on. And this has been so much fun connecting with you and conversing about this. And thank you so much for having me. All right. Bye, guys.